close encounters of the third kind, actual contact. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. All I gotta do is look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! The Sasquatch was approximately eight to ten feet tall. It looked very human-like, but it definitely wasn't a human. After seven years of research, I am more convinced than ever that the creature known as Nessie is a real living animal. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. Welcome to Mysteriousnesses. I am John Jay, and with me are Lauren Lance and Endless Mike. Hi. Hello. This Welcome is, to the show, guys. Yep, this is our first episode that's a prime number. Is is it a prime number? Isn't one a prime number? I'm pretty number? sure one is a prime number, yeah. Does, well, no, I don't think one counts as a prime number because one is just is zero plus well, you, one. It's just zero plus... If you have one, you might as well just have zero, right? Yeah. That's like, like not even any It doesn't point. even count. Oh, and so one is be, yeah, just the second it, zero. Yeah, it rounds down to zero. That's oh, why. okay. That makes, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Numerology with Endless Mike. That's a new segment that we got coming up later in the program. Uh, right now, let's get right into it. We got a lot of really fun stuff to talk about, including our feature segment for the show uh, on intelligent ball lightning. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about the non-intelligent kind, too, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty concerned about this intelligent. The intelligent lighting. one is the one you need to watch yeah, out for. Yeah, that's the one that they have trapped in those glass globes in the museum that you put your hand on. I wish yeah. that was true. So it's much. them trying it tries to get to out. You. Yeah, they're trying. To, it's screaming and they're, trying to attack you. They're actually Ghostbusters that only deal with ball lightning, and then they take the ball lightning and sell them as uh, trinkets. Yeah, like wow. <laughs> Just like we do with dead animals. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Right now, let's get right into it. Uh, plants can gamble, according to study. Legally? Uh, yeah, legally they're allowed to uh, gamble. This is actually from sciencemag.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine you're offered a choice between $800 or a coin toss to win $1,000. Heads, you end up with the full thousand. Tails, you lose everything. For most of us, it's a no-brainer. We take the $800. But you would likely toss the coin if you were stuck on a desert island with no money and needed $900 for a flight out. I guess. Like, I mean, that's kind of a very well, specific. Yeah, but I mean, that—that's like the the idea is that we make the choice to gamble based on reason, circumstance. Okay, all right. Based on circumstance. Yeah, because yeah. in that case, eight hundred dollars isn't going to do jack shit for you. That's true. You might as well. You have can't nothing. spend eight hundred dollars on a deserted island. Yeah. But if nine hundred dollars, somebody would come pick you up, then you I, would take the fifty-fifty shot. Yeah. All right. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Pea plants, it turns out, make the same decision when faced with hard times the species gambles, scientists report. The discovery is the first to show that plants, not just animals, have the ability to switch from being risk avoiders to risk takers. Like most people, I used to look at plants as passive, uh, says lead author Efrat Denner, a master's student in environmental science, uh, sciences <coughs> at Ben-Gurion University in Nevgeg, Beersheba, Israel. Holy shit. That's His group's experiments show... How wrong that view is. Although plants do other things such as bending towards sunlight and responding to humidity, they have been thought of as dynamic strategists, says Denner's co-author Alex Kasich, a behavioral ecologist at the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. That is, they haven't been, a, uh, they haven't been shown to be able to respond when times are tough by changing their behavior and taking a chance. 
Humans, primates, birds, and social insects take fewer risks when faced with a steady supply of food. But when the su uh, supply is uncertain, they switch strategies and take more risks. For instance, in lab experiments, honeybees turn, ga uh, turn to gambling when they're starving. Choosing to sip nectar from a tube that may dispense plentiful amounts of nothing... And dark-eyed juncos, small songbirds that are uh, that are cold that will ignore a seed dispenser that regularly releases three seeds and choose one that may give out six or zero. Hmm. So to find out uh, if plants do the same, Denner and his colleagues carried out a series of experiments on pea plants uh, raised in a greenhouse. The plants were grown with roots split between two pots. Each pot contained the same concentration and type of nutrients, but the level of nutrients in one pot was constant, whereas it varied in the other. After 12 weeks, the scientists measured the plant's root mass and their allocation of roots in inside each pot. They found that plants varied their distribution of roots depending on the nutrient level in each. In some tests, the plants faced a choice between a pot with a steady supply of high nutrients and one with variable levels. These plants, not surprisingly, were risk-adverse uh, risk and grew most of their roots in the constant pot. So... These plants are either consciously or unconsciously choose like uh, choosing to grow their roots based on a gamble. So they're they're changing their strategy because the food isn't as constant as the ones in the control group. Yes, and so they're making the some somehow they're making the decision to grow or not grow their roots. Yeah, he said, to our knowledge, this is the first demonstration of this kind of risk response in an organism without a nervous system. He adds that uh, this doesn't mean that the plants are intelligent in the way that we think of humans and other animals, but they do have some way of sensing or evaluating the different conditions in the pots, although the scientists do not yet know what this is. So what do you guys, you guys think that the plants, plants are just sentient and that we're somehow overlooking them as intelligent beings? I think they're more sentient than us. Wait, you think what? So? Well, look how many plants there are, there are in the world and look how many humans there are. So you're thinking that they're interconnected? I'm talking widespread global annihilation. <laughs> like extinction level event. Okay, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till the wind kills us. Yeah. No, the I wind starts up and we all start jumping oh. off the roof. Oh, God, that was so stupid. You know, I, I kind of liked it, though. I liked it, but it, it also doesn't make sense because in reality what would happen was people wouldn't just start immediately killing themselves. They would just they just would be more risky than necessary because their risk reward portion of their brain was fucked up. Like it, the, it was a little extreme. Yeah, but, it, you was, know, it was. People movie. wouldn't just start. Oh, I'm just gonna kill myself now. I guess. But as far as like this situation goes, I think that there's a. I think that it's not just the plants. I think it's the water in the plants because there's been a couple studies done where people have talked about. I forget there was a Japanese scientist that did a study on water where. Um, he played different music towards it or he talked differently towards it and the positive music and the positive talking when he froze the ice the way the uh, the crystals were made was really beautiful and interesting and all that stuff and then the negative more yeah, but that's, stuff, subject that's subjective it's very subjective and like there's definitely no I hard meet science the scientist that's just screaming at plants <laughs> Just, I would love to meet just that being guy. Just a dick to half of his plants. Yeah. He's a former drill instructor turned <laughs> scientist. Here's another quick example. Um, uh, <laughs> bittersweet nightshade plants can tell whether flea beetles or tortoise beetles are feeding on their leaves and mount a different chemical defense against each species. See, doesn't that... That's pretty cool. That speaks of a war. 
Yeah, so the, the coming gen- human genocide. Yeah. By the hands of plants. Okay. Well, this is it's it's kind of creepy, but uh, yeah, I think I think scientists are going are going to discover that there's a lot more to how plants uh, react and live in our world than we ever thought. Like oh, how yeah. trees actually respirate, that kind of thing. Yeah, that I mean, trees respirate. Yeah, yeah, lots. Uh, yeah, they didn't. I, I forget when they. I mean, it was a long time ago, but they uh, they realized that trees respirate as well as photosynthesize. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's what the, I had no idea. Yep. That's a true fact. So, <laughs> the more you know. So watch out. Plants are coming to get you. Don't trust them. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list, uh, cryptozoology. Uh, this guy found Bigfoot's head in the woods. Finally. Yeah. Is this the smoking gun we've always wanted? Oh, this, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to like this. This is okay. going to be it. I just have to find it first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep talking while you look that up. <clears throat> And we're still talking. No, you're not ta- <laughs> saying what you're talking is not actually talking. Is it? Isn't it? <laughs> I guess it is. It should be bigger news, though. Like, I feel like I should have seen this at least once on my I news this, feed. I found this um, from care11.com. This is a local news. Uh, this is a local NBC, NBC affiliate out of uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Why is this? If, if this is really it. I think it's just the thing that looks <laughs> like a potato. Yeah, let me go ahead and uh, post this for Lauren to see. That That's a rock. In Ogden, Utah, while on a hike near his home in, uh, o- I guess it's Ogden. Ogden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's correct. Ogden. That makes sense. <laughs> Ogden. <laughs> Ogden, Utah, Todd uh, May felt himself draw towards something. I would go out there often and find things. Fossils, rocks. I looked around for about half an hour. Then I saw it. He only looked for half an hour? Damn, that wow. was quick. Uh, what May saw was a 75-pound object he claims is the fossilized head of Bigfoot. The Bigfoot, known to some as Sasquatch, is a fabled ape-like creature that has been spotted hundreds of times in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, living in a hot spot for Bigfoot sightings, May said he had been interested in the mythological creature all his life. In the past few years, he claims to have seen at least two different creatures that he believes are Bigfoots. One of them was his wife. Oh. The first time I saw one, I was startled. It looked like an ape from the zoo, he said. The creature appeared out of nowhere and then ran off a few seconds after the man, and the creature made eye contact, he says. After, first, uh, after the first spotting of a Bigfoot, May had visited the Ogden Canyon area more, hoping for another glimpse. He would visit a hot springs in the area and often felt someone or something pegging him with rocks. That's bad terminology. Just want to say... Pegging? Oh, phrasing. Yeah, phrasing. Yeah, maybe you could do hitting. Yeah, <laughs> throwing rocks at him. No, pegging. Let's Something's been pegging, pegging me. <laughs> I just thought it was kids pegging me. But then my friend was playing her flute outside and had a couple of witnesses who saw the Bigfoot, May said. I guess that's important to he's, know. He's losing her more, flute? Yeah, he, you're, mo- you're losing credibility by the second guy, okay? <laughs> yeah. Mr. May, you got a friend that plays a flute in the woods? <laughs> it's like, starting to lose me. <laughs> it was a night and May was hiking through the wilderness with a flashlight. I heard across the river someone say, oh my God, it's a monster. He flashed his light around and the beam fell upon a face of an 8 foot 10 red-furred ape-like creature. He said it was about 20 feet away, he estimates. It stared at him and then slowly walked off. Damn, that was that's really close. 20 yeah, feet? Yeah, 20 feet away? Yeah, that's, that's like the wall right there almost. For a 9-foot monster? That's that's too close for a Bigfoot sighting. Like that feels this this way feels, too scary. Yeah. A couple months later, May was in the same area and spotted what appeared to be a handprint on top of a rounded surface. He dug the large object out of the surrounding dirt and saw a familiar face. It had the same facial structure as the creatures I had seen. Wait, what is he talking about? 
the the other creatures he saw. Wait, how did a hand? He dug. Uh, he dug. What is he saying? He dug a body out of the dirt. Wait. He said he dug it. He saw a handprint. Oh, he saw the handprint, and, hand and, and then and then okay, oh, and then okay, he dug around the handprint, and that's that's where he found the head. Yeah. Since finding the object in 2013, May said he's had hundreds of people's weigh in on their uh, option or his. Uh, the opinion of his finding. There's haters out there, other Bigfoot enthusiasts that don't like that I found something first, May said. People have noted the opinion of a Utah professor when the story first appeared who said the object was just a rock. But that professor just saw the picture that was in the paper and he never saw it in person. When you actually see it, you can't help but to see it's a face. Uh, Midwestern State University assistant professor Jesse Carlucci, Kimball School of Geoscience, said after viewing the object is without a doubt just a highly weathered rock. (laughs) Uh, I can't believe this guy carried a 75-pound rock out of the woods. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even hollow, you know? Yeah. It's not hollow like a skull would be. It literally looks... It's just a rock. It's just a rock. No, this guy just wants attention. It's about the size of a Bigfoot head, in his defense. I mean, I can see where it would look, but like, once you pick it up, you'd be like, no, this is just a fucking rock, unless... Bigfoots are made out of stone. I mean, unless the rock is like, yeah, it, it's not hairy. It's not. There's not. It's not soft enough to be skin. It's obviously not a skull because you can't see if it's hollow or not. It also looks like it's been. If it is a head, it looks like someone took a head and put it in a dryer, and it's just all bruised up beyond belief. <laughs> like, well, he's saying it's supposed to be like a fossil, but uh, fossil skulls, the professor said, are extremely fragile and are made of bone, which has a different texture and composition than a rock like this. Thank you. May is still on the road with his Bigfoot finding, hoping to get the word out to whoever will listen that the world is, a more, myst- is more mysterious than we could ever know. He stopped by the Times Record News unannounced Thursday morning, one head on his shoulders and another in a storage bin. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going next, but people need to see this and know Bigfoots are real and they're out there, May said. So, yeah, this is just a rock. That's just a rock. doesn't look, I mean, unless it's a, the, the head of a rock monster. I mean, yeah, that if, it's could, like if it was a golem, if this, all right, if this article was about a golem, I would be on board because it could be a golem head. I could, I could go with that, but <coughs> it's just, it's definitely not a Bigfoot skull. I can't. So uh, so bad. Mythical Kraken sea monster has been spotted on Google Earth. Oh, yes. <coughs> All right. Finally, Google Earth is doing something that I need. Something good. Where was it spotted? Okay, uh, so it's spotted on, on, the, on the internet, man. What are you talking about? I meant like where on Earth is it? Oh, no. <laughs> Off the coast of Antarctica. Oh. A giant sea monster with huge tentacles have, has reportedly been sighted on Google Earth off the coast of uh, Deception Island near Antarctica. Perfectly named. A grainy image of the creature shared widely on social media shows it emerging out of the deep black ocean. A conspiracy website has estimated the colossal squid-like beast, beast which was spotted on April 6th, is over 60 meters long. Author of the UFO Sightings Daily.com website, Scott C. Waring, wrote, This looks like the Kraken. I use Google Ruler, and it says this is 30 meters, 100 feet from head to head, or from head to end. But the end looks like just the mid area of the giant squid, which means it could be 60 plus meters long with tentacles. That sounds like a Kraken to me. Well, I think Krakens are bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I Who don't knows know. how big giant I mean, yeah, squids could I mean, get? That's pretty huge. 
Legend has it that the mysterious kraken once ruled the seas with help of its deadly tentacles, swallowing ships, whales, and even terrified sailors whole. The kraken has been depicted in Nordic folklore since the 18th century as a large octopus-like creature with spikes on its suckers. Damn. So here's the... Uh, video of it. Here's a little video of the Google Earth thing, and I'm gonna go ahead and fast forward. Uh, they give the coordinates at uh, 63 degree... Jeez, uh, I don't know what those mean. Never mind. You guys can find this article in the show notes, and then let me get rid of this ad here. Deception Island is such a great fucking Oh, that's a pretty deep island. area, too. Yeah, I mean, that's Maybe. making quite a mess. Like... That here, he's zooming in here, and then, yeah, that looks like it could be a monster. Yeah? But I, I, I first found the story for, um, I, I first found the story for the show, and then kind of uh, looked at it, and then researched a little bit more, mm-hmm. and uh, it turns out that this is just a rock formation that's jutting up out of the water. It's a known rock formation oh, that's really? off the coast oh, of lame. Deception Aww. Island. <laughs> Way yeah. to kill my mystery bone. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I mean, it looks like it could be a giant sea monster. It, really it does. does. It looks like it, they, like it got caught in motion, like all the waves and shit around yeah, it. Yeah, like it's diving. It's, it's like coming out of the water or going in. But yeah, I guess... It, it, it's just a rock formation. But yeah, that that's what I want to say. Everybody or at that's least like that's scouring, what they're telling us. Right. Everybody that's scouring Google image or uh, like... Uh, Google Earth or uh, Google Mars or whatever for yeah. things like you can't tell what it is, man. Is there a Google Mars? Yet? Oh yeah, there's a Google yeah. Mars. Really? Yeah, people, uh, people, people find stuff in the Google Mars images all the time. So yeah, that's like, is it just rover images for? No, no it's a sa- satellite imagery. It's the Wait. same as Google Earth, but for Mars. Google's got a satellite on Mars. Oh, well, somebody is? does. <laughs> somebody bitch. does that. We're lo- we're looking at Google photos from it. Rich. I don't know how old the photos are, but people keep looking at. Uh, Photos from Mars and be like, I swear to God, that's a shoe. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's an old man in a rowboat. <laughs> All right, moving on from cryptozoology news. All right, what do we got? Sorry, there was nothing real in that. Um, we have uh, UFO abductions and sightings in the UK. <clears throat> um, let's see. I feel like Does recently- this have anything to do with the Brexit? I think it does. That's why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> That's okay. the ultimate Brexit. It's just an abduction. <laughs> no, they're they're leaving. They're they're yeah, it's, actually it's a, leaving. Well, it's it's because they want to join the Galactic Union, not the Euro. They're tired of the European Union. It's bullshit. Old hat. Yeah, the UK is definitely joining the Galactic Union. They would be the first. Well, no, just the rest of the EU would be first, I guess. Let me go ahead it's not and the UK. Cast this to you. I have noticed recently that you've been hearing more about abductions in Europe lately. I feel like I've been hearing more from them than I've been hearing in the United States yeah, well, the past you, couple of years. Yeah, you never used to hear like Europeans talk yeah, about most, that kind of mostly stuff, right? Like Midwestern. But doesn't it feel like it's kind of migrated over there? Like you don't really hear much about it here in the states anymore. But I have been hearing every now and then from the UK, especially. You know, like. England and that sort of area. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with uh, the confluence of the spheres, the spheres over Stonehenge, or some shit like that. Like worlds are colliding. Hey, let's go. Or the conjunction <laughs> that, of the spheres. That I'm was sorry. that was very uh, that was very intense. Well, I mean, it's something to think about. It is. 
All right. Abducted by aliens, UK man says it's true, and he's not the only reporting a close encounter. All right. Uh, was a British man abducted by aliens? That's the claim being made by a UK man who says that he was abducted by ETs and taken aboard their alien craft from Teesside to Durham. So he got abducted and just kind of switched they just cities. Moved him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Even more remarkably, the man who says he was abducted by aliens reported his experience to local police, and he's not alone. All in all, Cleveland police in the northern England. Wait, Cleveland, England? I guess. I guess there's a Cleveland. There's a England. Cleveland. <laughs> I wish. I hope it looks exactly the same. I'm as pretty the sure Cleveland most of our city names in this country are just ripped off from from uh, European city Not names. Not New York. No, nope, not New York. New York's the most American name. <laughs> or Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> um, so, police in Cleveland in northern England have recently made public details of multiple emergency calls that say they, rece- uh, they receive from people who have reported seeing flying saucers and other otherworldly activities. At least one Middlesbrough man says such a flying saucer abducted him and took him to a nearby town. So maybe they're just Uber drivers now. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be $4,000. They gotta make their money somehow. That'll be 4,000 blibbles, please. (laughs) (laughs) The man who claimed to have been abducted by aliens was part of a well-documented incident. He had been reported missing, but was found safe and well. When he was found, he told law enforcement that he had been abducted by aliens and that he was on a UFO to Durham during his mysterious disappearance. And definitely did not get trashed at the local pub <laughs> he and then drive a bicycle all the way to the next county. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, far from only T-Sider to have reported a bizarre alien-related ca- uh, ca- encounter that or occurrence to local law enforcement. A man from Stockton, very nearby, reported to the world that he saw in complete and utter amazement and shock while a UFO hovered above him. While he didn't claim to be abducted by aliens, he said that he observed the UFO for over two minutes as it pulsated in an irregular manner above him in the sky. He said he saw the bizarre and inexplicable sight when he was sky-gazing, reporting, uh, reportedly a regular habit. We, I mean, we've seen a UFO that sounds like that before where it's it's very irregular looking. I think like, he's talking like it was like pulsing like the lights were pulsing in a weird way. Like, you huh. know, when you see like a plane, the lights always go, they yeah, go, they go in the same the thing. It's regulated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Like not only we've seen ones where, uh, or maybe it was just me and Stuart, but we've seen ones where there, it was like four or five lights and they were just, it seemed like they were randomly pulsing in no discernible order. Maybe it's like uh, maybe they're trying to communicate in some way. Like maybe it's like their version of uh, what Morse is it? Code? Morse, code. Morse code. That's always yeah. been a theory that they try to communicate with the weird lights. But no, we're just dumb pink monkeys that yeah. are just staring at it like, huh? Well, it's like cool. it, to be fair, it's kind of dumb of them to assume that we would get their Morse code. It's like well, we assume that they would understand our radio transmission. No, it's dumb on both ends. Oh, yeah. we just need to. Get over it and fuck each other. <laughs> well, some Whoa. people think we already have alien oh, yeah. sex. Uh, last September, a couple from uh, a, a couple of months before the Middlesbrough man reported that he had been abducted by aliens, a female from Middlesbrough called emergency services to report a hovering UFO. Another woman from Hartlepool reportedly also claimed to be abducted by aliens and out on a spaceship at roughly the same time. <laughs> So at about the same time as this lady or this man uh, was reporting it, she was on it. Yeah, she 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 thinks she's on the same one, or that's just a theory, I guess. Huh. 
Uh, Russ Kellett, a UK UFO expert, claims to know or think he knows the reason for so many UFO sightings and reports from people who claim they were abducted by aliens. According to Kellett, the answer it lies in the North Sea. Oh, of course. Okay. According to Kellett, while he has no actual proof of people being abducted by aliens, he claims that he does have footage of UFOs coming out of the North Sea, as he alleges. The ufologist who specializes in UFO encounters and stories of people who have been abducted by aliens is currently filming a documentary special with Danny Dyer. Yeah, that would be the best place for UFOs to land or just hang out for a little bit anyway would be under the sea. Under sea well, bases. I, I think yeah. that, you know, like Michael Crichton probably had it right. In Sphere. Like, in Sphere, yeah. I just think that if they're going to hide on this planet, the yeah, best be, place to hide is the ocean. Yeah. Bottom of the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And yeah Challenger Deep or some shit Yeah, like well, that. I mean, their ships are already good for traveling in space. So if they're that airtight... They can obviously chill underwater and be totally fine. Well, I mean that's not really true of our spaceships. Like they can't. But go our spaceships also our spaceships can't can go, go underwater. At the speed of light. Sure. Yeah, but the engine I mean, can get fucked up. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not made to. They can go a little ways underwater. Yeah. I mean, they can sit down there. They won't be able to fly, you know, move around or anything. Well, there's more pressure under the water than there is in space. Yeah, yeah that's fact, for sure. Well, it's a, there's, there there's isn't no any pressure. pressure. Yeah, it's yeah. vacuum. <laughs> there's more pressure yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, we're going to check out Phantoms and Monsters. This Ooh. is, uh, I have no explanation for this. Was it an alien abduction? So this guy actually wrote into Phantom and Monsters uh, on Tuesday to uh, report uh, what he experienced in Branson, Missouri. Last week on June 23rd, my son and I visited Silver Dollar City Amusement Park in Branson. We were having a great time despite that I had occasional pain in my upper, upper left arm. Two days before, I suffered a fall at work and sustained a deep five-inch laceration, which required two dozen stitches. Mm. The trip to Branson had been planned, so I decided to keep my promise and went anyway. Well, he's just a good father. Yeah, sacrifice for your son. Mm -hmm. My son wanted to ride the Wildfire, which is a roller coaster-like contraption where they strap you in because you're traveling upside down at times during the ride. I wasn't too thrilled, but I had to accompany him since he was too young to go on by himself. So... We were strapped in the seats, and I'll tell you, my arm was aching because the the drop down and the shoulder harness. That shit makes my ears hurt, actually. When I'm on yeah, I mean my those things. Are, blood rushes to your head. Yeah, and well, the, no, because my head just bangs back and forth. Oh yeah, uh, well, those sense. things are definitely not comfortable. Mm. So we started off, and I was enduring the ride, but after going into the second loop, I went totally blank. I only remember coming out of the corkscrew and leveling out at the end of the ride. I felt okay, but was confused. I thought that I may have fainted, but my son didn't seem to have noticed anything. We got out of our seats and walked off the ride. As we continued walking towards the next attraction, I noticed that I felt exceptionally well and didn't have any pain in my arm. I reached inside my shirt and touched my upper left arm. There was no bandage. In fact, I didn't feel any stitches or wound. I was so shocked that I almost fell to my knees. We stayed at the park for another half hour, then headed home. After I dropped my son off, I made a beeline home and into the bathroom. I looked in the mirror. There was no laceration, no mark whatsoever. What the hell happened? On Monday, I went to my doctor and showed him my arm. I had received the stitches in the hospital, but my doctor had the admitting report from the emergency room physician. It was right there in black and white. The doctor didn't say much, but I could tell that he was wondering what happened. What could he say? I just shook my head and told him what had happened at the park. He still didn't say anything other than, stay well. <laughs> that my- sounds... That is very strange. Yeah, I mean, if but if you're a doctor, you know, you're... you're well, the doctor like, can't... What else like, all right, well, fine. Yeah, whatever. the doctor can't go, well, I do believe it was aliens, sir. Yeah. No, this isn't the original guy. Um, he was... The original guy was taken, and this is a clone of some sort. 
But my question is, but taken is, during why the roller coaster, yeah, why not? He was going super fast. First of all, these are my problems with with what you just said. He was going super fast. Second of all, why would he remember all of that? Why would he remember having the wound? And what would be the point of having a clone of a guy that doesn't even know he's a clone? Yeah, some just regular um, fucking really? dude. Really? Have none of us seen Star Wars? Wait, what? What? Have none of, you, I've never seen Star have Wars. Have you heard no. of Order 66? <laughs> oh, you mean the clone troopers? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they knew they were clones, yes, but they didn't so know about Order 66. So you're saying he's 66. like a Manchurian candidate clone? He's just I a think sleeper. He is. Or uh, at I least a test. I hope he's not a sleeper. He sounds like a really good dad. Like yeah, his like, whole life would be no, fucked up. No, you watch. You follow his kid's life. His kid is going to do something important or going to be about to, and he's going to murder his kid. Whoa. Whoa. Now you're getting dark with these wow. theories. And then, after he murders his kid, he's going to black out and reappear with a scar on his arm. Maybe. <laughs> We're gonna have to keep up on this I guy. Mean, this yeah. no, this we, is a lot of years. Like, legit, this is either a clone. Now, here's you say, oh, he's going so fast. That everyone was. Yeah. All right, dimensional shifting. Okay. If you believe well, in speed, trans- is irrelevant anyway. Yeah. As yeah. far as aliens go, I mean, we're moving, we're moving like really faster than a roller coaster on this planet right now. Yeah. You know, I if suppose. they're like beaming us off, they have to calculate for that speed, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and like all they'd have to do would be a switch, like dimensional shifting. If you believe in transdimensional gnomes, you have to believe in that. Yeah. So alien people from another dimension just shifted him with a clone, or. Not even necessarily a clone, like a real guy, the non-cut version of himself, and are using him for some sort of test or something. See, so in the other universe, he probably didn't cut himself at work. That's the only my difference. My thought, I, I can, I can't, all right, I can, I understand your theory a little bit better. My theory on this is that it's the same guy from start to finish, it's the same guy, but during the ride he was abducted probably fucked around with medically and they're like oh well we already were inside of his body so we might as well heal this up too and then just put him back or it was a mistake and they didn't realize that they yeah like maybe they had some sort of healing they grabbed the wrong guy and they're like oh shit wrong we already started the healing thing or he was gone for so long that his wound naturally healed that's possible. It's like a time travel slip. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's definitely. Well, he definitely. Well, he doesn't. Is he doesn't time. remember anything. So yeah. he's got to get to the bottom of his missing time uh, before I would he does really, anything. I would really watch out for this guy. He's going <laughs> to do something. You think so? Yeah. I, don't know I mean, why you're he's laughing. A, he's we anonymous. Should, we should. Oh, he's anonymous. Because I was going to say we yeah. should write down this guy's name and just keep. Tabs. Yeah. Then you'd have a bunch of lunatics that read phantoms and monsters showing up to his house and saying, "You're a clone. You must die." I, all I want to do is just stalk him on Facebook, though. Like that's all I want. Maybe we can find him on Facebook. If you're out there, MM, just just call into the show. Sometimes I post pictures Email of my tits hanging out. We can be friends on Facebook. Yeah. Just let me know if you Manchurian candidate out. Yeah, if you start feeling some weird shit, like definitely get into contact with us and we'll do something. <laughs> you know, we'll get a beer or something. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. No, uh, we'll believe you though. Like we're being we're laughing, but I'll believe you. But we'll be nice. Yeah. I yeah. I'll be nice. Uh, Michigan woman claims claims to see paranormal activity on her baby monitor. Oh, it must be one of those nice. Ooh. Oh yeah, it's one of those nice ones. Yeah, it's that's one of the nice why video you don't ones. get the nice ones. <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking about this the other day. We were. Actually. Mike and I were talking about this about the other day. baby monitors. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> I forget. We were <laughs> I like, why we're talking about? We were uh, Brookstone, I think. Oh, you yes. were looking at the fancy Brookstone baby yeah, monitors. Yeah, and I think that I started having flashbacks to all the Paranormal Activity movies that I've seen. Oh, because they like, all have like the security cameras. And they always are really nice and high depth. It's like I don't want to see ghosts around my baby. Yeah, nobody has security f- uh, cameras that are that high depth. No, <laughs> no one does. Got like a thirty thousand dollars security camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Calhoun County, Michigan, a Calhoun County mother has claimed to see some paranormal activity on her son's baby monitor. She believes a spirit could have visited her home. Okay. News Channel 3 spoke with uh, Kayla Marie Cruz, as well as a local paranormal investigator, to get the, to the bottom of the sighting. Cruz says she saw a bright, unexplained orb hover over her baby through the baby monitor. She says the monitor's sound level went red indicating that the volume in the room had increased, mm-hmm. but there was no loud noise that actually came over the speaker. Oh, that's weird. Uh, she did some of her own investigating, and so did the news site. Uh, she had just put down her one-year-old son, Riley, for a nap around noon last Thursday when she walked past the baby monitor and noticed an orb passing over Riley. I didn't want people to think I was crazy, but I definitely believed that it was something spiritual with him. She says the strange light was accompanied by the sound. Oh, this is the same story again. So, where's the um? Uh, right there, uh, here's yeah. the uh, video real quick. All right, let's have video. a look at this. God damn it, news channel. I don't three. give a fuck about your fucking Fourth of July bullshit. Well, news channel three. News channel three is providing this footage the for city us. City of so South you, Haven. You, news channel you. three needs to not use fucking Windows Movie Maker. Oh, it's talking about Windows Movie Maker. Okay, so. What we're seeing right here, this is the uh, actual news broadcast, and they're going to show the... Uh, the baby monitor? Yeah, they're going to show the baby monitor. So she got footage. a recording of this. Though. Yeah, she got an actual recording of... But it's just an orb. It's not like that uncommon of no, a uh, orbs are pretty visual standard. phenomenon, you know? Yeah, those are like the baseline visual phenomenon. Yeah. All right, so we're having problems with uh, this playing, so... Yeah, basically it's just this little... Orb goes by, and you can actually see. I guess she recorded it with her cell phone video or something, so okay. you can see the actual monitor, mm-hmm. and you can see the uh, the volume level go way up. Huh? But there's not actually a sound, did, so it's some sort of. Did uh, the baby react at all? No, the baby was asleep. Oh, okay. Maybe if it had been awake. I wonder if more. she if if only she could get the footage off of the baby monitor and maybe onto our computer. Yeah, I'd trust that more than her cell phone footage. Well, no, it's like, if you could do that, then you could get somebody to separate the video and the and the audio, and then that way we could actually oh, you could see, see if there's anything on the Oh, they could actually see, the if there's any, see if, like, a elec- uh, like, an electronic device could, like, pick up some audio that's out of the range of human hearing yeah, or something. Exactly, yeah, like when you look at yeah. it in Adobe, it makes a swastika or something like that. There's <laughs> <laughs> a makes Nazi a, ghost a haunting your baby. Yeah. <laughs> on Adobe, yeah. That would be great. Uh, but yeah, that would be really great. It would be great to know what happened to this lady after the fact, because, you know... She seems just kind of like a hippie, so <sighs> seems like it's fine. Yeah. Uh, moving on, next we have the... Uh, Cernacy hauntings. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Cernacy? Cernacy. I guess. The Cernacy haunting. In the early 1870s, a Georgia family was at the center of a whirlwind of bizarre and sometimes violent poltergeist activity. That place was possessed by something evil. 
That was the opinion of Herschel Tillman when he recalled his many visits to the home of Alan Powell Cernacy when he was a boy in the early 1870s. He was just one of the thousands of witnesses to the strange and sometimes violent paranormal activity that plagued the Cernacy home. Okay. All right. That's a lot of witnesses for the 1870s. Yeah, yeah. It, it ended up becoming like almost like a tourist attraction. Uh, that's actually, for the 1870s, that stuff feels pretty standard. I mean, it was so easy to build up hysteria back then. Yeah, yeah. You know, people... Oh, yeah, people were crazy. So, actually having a bunch of witnesses doesn't make it more viable than anything Not today. necessarily, yeah. Uh, Alan Powell Cernacy, a, a sawmill operator, was the founder of the small town of Cernacy in southeastern Georgia. When returning home for a trip to uh, Hallahurst in October 1872, he found his house beset with the haunting. In a letter wrote to the Savannah Morning News, he said, A few minutes after my arrival, I saw the glass tumblers begin to slide off the slab and the crockery to fall upon the floor and break. The books began to tumble from their shelves and to the floor, while brickbats, billets of wood, smoothing irons, biscuits, potatoes, tin pans, water buckets, pictures, etc. began to fall in different parts of my house. There have been many other strange occurrences about my house. These facts can be established by 75 or 100 witnesses. Could be a gravitational That's anomaly a instead of a poltergeist. Witnesses. Yeah. On the face of it, it sounds uh, as if the Cernacy's house might have suffered an earthquake. In fact, that theory has been offered to explain the phenomenon at the house, but the explanation does not hold up to scrutiny. The strange activity lasted weeks, even years off and on. The Cernacy house was the only one affected, and an earthquake could not explain all of the bizarre phenomenon described below. <coughs> so, um, so here's, a, here's just kind of like a quick list of everything that witnesses heard at this house. Okay. Uh, unexplained screams were heard. Voices came from an empty bedroom. Plates, platters, and books flew from their shelves. Ink bottles leapt off the table. Doors opened and closed by unseen hands. The hands of clocks spun fast and even moved backward. A chime clock struck 13. Okay, that's... Wait, how does, how does it strike 13? It just strikes 13 it, it times. It 13 times. Instead oh, okay. of 12. Which is uh, a little spoopy for yeah. me. It's 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 pretty weird though. It is weird. I guess you'd start like looking into everything. It might just be a broken clock, but you're like, man, that thing was supposed to bong twelve times. Why it did, did it do thirteen? Yeah. Uh, There's hot more, bricks. Though. Hot bricks fell from nowhere and landed on the roof and in the yard. So oh, that's like, pretty crazy. That's crazy. Hot yeah. bricks. So they just fell out of the sky, basically. <laughs> they fell from a zeppelin. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Uh, a pair of boots trot across the floor on their own. Oh shit! So it's like just in boots, just walking. <laughs> How weird would that be? That would make me shit my pants. Just, yeah. just clothes moving on their own. Yeah, yeah that that's a that would freak me out. Yeah. Uh, at mealtimes, objects at the dinner table would dance around. Logs rolled out of the fireplace. Several hogs and chickens appeared in the living room, seemingly from nowhere. Frightened one reporter out of his wits. That seems more than a haunt. That seems like that seems, seems weird. This yeah. seems like a dimensional issue, like maybe overlapping dimensions, or like a time issue, or, or something. a time yeah. issue to me. This doesn't feel. They're probably like ghosts. It sounds like the house is on a thinny or something like. Yeah, that. that's what it seems like to me too. Yeah, in an effort to rid his house and family of the terrifying activity, Cernacy sought the help of clergy, scientists, as well as spirit mediums and psychics, all to no avail. Even after the house burned down in 1925, so like it burned down too. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Although, like, way back then, like, that shit happened. just burned down all yeah. the time. Yeah, for yeah. no fucking reason. The activity actually, after the house burned down, the activity actually followed the family to their new home on oh. the other side of the county. Oh. 
It wasn't until Alan Cernacy's death in 1877 it is said that the uh, haunting finally stopped. Some, however, say it continues to this day around the town. In fact, there is a famous ghost light there, a bright yellow ball of light that appears along the you railroad You know what? Tracks. That sounds more like latent psycho- psychic activity from one member of the family, possibly the father. Oh, so you think it's just untapped he activity? Just, he wasn't having enough ghost sex, and and it just started... Uh, yeah, yeah. it's like up. when your balls fill up with sperm and it just leaks all the time a little bit. I don't think that happens to anybody. No, it happens to me. Yeah, well, that's weird. Then you might want to go to the doctor for that. Yeah. But uh, in all honesty, like, it's, it sounds more like he might have been a powerful psychic or something and was not tapping it and releasing yeah, it. Yeah, I would like to know. So it was just sort of leaking out the side. Well, there are so many things that should be held like in a, held account for like, accountable for this. Like, was this... Did this have anything to do with how was he feeling during these moments of time? Like, if he was pissed off or stressed, maybe it was well, You can't talk fault. about your feelings in the 1870s. Not oh, a man. no, not a man, no. I'm always feeling good and strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything's great. On top. Yeah. I'm in control, even though some chickens appeared in my living room. Yeah, exactly. If it fall, see, I was gonna go straight ahead with a dimensional issue, but it, but I, if it followed the family, yeah, I don't it's, know it's, what. It to me, it sounds like psycho- psychic activity from probably him. It sounds well, like. Well, the fact that the clergy scientists and psychics and spirit mediums couldn't do anything tells me that ghosts usually are out of the picture. Usually, one of those works. Yeah, usually one works. You know, maybe the scientist debunks it and realizes that their shelves are all made shitty and everything falls off. You know, like There's that's a gas leak or There's something. a gas leak. <laughs> yeah. Or the psychic finds a ghost. Like, or, you know, it's funny that the psychic, they didn't bring in a psychic who faked finding a ghost. You know, some bullshit artist psychic. No, I'm like, sure oh, they I did. They just present. didn't go into it in this article. And yeah. we don't have time to go into it any further. But, yeah. but pretty interesting encounter. Uh, all right, right now we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back with a feature segment on Intelligent Ball Lightning. Woo! Alright, and we're back uh, to talk about ball lightning yes. here on our feature segment. So basically, uh, ball lightning is a either a paranormal or natural phenomenon that science still doesn't actually have an explanation uh, for. I think it could be both, honestly, at different times. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Depending it, it, on circumstance. Depending on circumstance, it could be a natural phenomenon or it could be some sort of paranormal or uh, alien phenomenon that... Uh, has some sort of intelligence, you know? But uh, it's so rare that it's actually only even been accepted to even existing by mainstream science in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's only like two years old, two years that they've been mm-hmm. able to uh, just say that it exists. They can, they can cr- almost create it in a lab, or they can create something very similar to it in a laboratory mm-hmm. by, um, I guess, by 
some something with superheated plasma, electricity, That's and exactly dust. That's exactly what they use. Is yeah, the dust I mean, as far plasma. as what scientists have been able to say about it, I think there's a H.C. Wu, and he thinks that um, conventional lightning hits the ground or like an object, and then it accelerates and moves the electrons super fast, and it creates this microwave effect. And so the microwave effect kind of condenses everything into a ball, and then you get your ball it's lightning. It's like a floating plasma ball. Exactly. But that doesn't explain situations where you hear about it actually having intelligence to it. Yeah, and moving in odd ways. Or moving or through walls or anything like that. Yeah, it's most most often it's um it, it's it's close to the ground, but uh, there's it's been observed in aircrafts by pilots. Um mm-hmm. In the air, um, in footage taken from the ground. Now, it's not, people aren't associating it with, like, St. Elmo's fire or anything, are they? No, I haven't found anything like that. What is St. Elmo's fire? That's when you're on a ship, and I believe it appears if your ship is wreathed in blue flame, or the sails are. Um, I forget what causes it. It's some sort of. It, it was a thing seen by sailors in like that, the 1800s. That confuses and shit. me even more as to why they named that one movie St. Elmo's Fire then. I never it's actually. It's very catchy, I guess. Yeah. It's a catchy name, but that makes less sense to me now. It's a good movie. Yeah, so this has been puzzling scientists for uh, hundreds of years. There's mm. been reports going back, uh, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of years, and maybe even further than that. It's just maybe described in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe like in the past, it could have been described as some kind of miracle or whatever. Uh, visual sightings are often accompanied by sound, odor, and a permanent material damage. So yeah. this like actually leaves damage in some cases as evidence that it was actually there. From what I've read, the odor is just like a rotten eggs, sulfur type of thing. Kind of thing, which is why like in earlier sightings, like earlier, like, you know, 200 years plus, it's always referred to as like some sort of demonic sort of thing because it's got the sulfur. Yeah, I guess if you saw like a glowing hot plasma orb light your cat on fire smelling (laughs) of sulfur, then you'd probably be like, yeah, that's that's That's, definitely a demon. demon. Yeah, Satan. Yeah, (laughs) hail Satan. Uh, but the, the the most compelling things are uh, most compelling theories are um, UFOs. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, it could be that close. Yeah, that close to the ground and Well, here's um here's the uh here's an article real quick. This is the uh, first uh ball lightning caught on high speed video. And they don't actually have the video, but they've actually uh been Stills. able to got see the, the frames. S- see the frames and the colors that it changed over time. Hmm. Uh, a video recorded by accident of ball lightning in China is now shedding light on the phenomenon's mysterious origins. Ball lightning occurs as glowing spheres ranging in size from a golf ball to a very large beach ball. Uh, these fiery orbs can be white, yellow, red, orange, purple, or green, and can persist for seconds or even minutes. Ball lightning typically appears during thunderstorms and usually hovers near the ground, drifting over the earth at a few miles per hour. But it has also been seen on ships or even within airplanes. Over the centuries, people have reported thousands of sightings of ball lightning. However, these occurrences are rare and unpredicted in nature. As a result, our knowledge of ball lightning is so far based mostly on accidental eyewitness reports. Uh, scientists, including uh, Jerby, have uh, previously recreated ball lightning or something very much like it in the lab. Results that suggested uh, ball lightning was mostly a result of lightning striking the ground and vaporizing minerals in the soil. So like what you said before. Mm-hmm. 
So in this video, the uh, ball lightning changed from purple to orange to white to red before it faded. This Chinese scientist detected traces of soil elements such as silicon, iron, and calcium from the ball lightning. These results may be the first thorough measurements of natural ball lightning. Well, that makes you wonder. So iron would probably burn red. Well, I, th well, I think that the reason it burned those colors, purple, white, and red, is because at least from what I know of like planetary geology and shit, white is actually hotter than red when something's when gases are burning. Yes, and I'm I, I don't know about purple, but that it sounds kind of like that. Like you know, you get like a white star is much hotter than a well. A, red if it star. was a purpley blue, then the blue probably would be hotter than the white. Yeah, would be my guess. But there was it's a just color. a hotter color this season. Yeah, but. <laughs> It's just so in right now. No, but there was a color before the purple um, that threw me off because I wanted to say, oh, well, it's just it's starting out hottest and then slowly going to red, which would be the coolest. But there was there were four colors, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, let me bring it back up. Um, let's well, th see. This was, it was purple, white, and red specifically in the one that they were able to measure. No, there, were, there was one before, there was a color before purple. At least I thought there was. Yeah, so th yeah, this uh, this ball of lightning was a giant orb that shed light over an area up to about 16 feet, and it moved at about 19 miles per hour. It was only visible for 1.64 seconds, so that's wow. why they only had like a few seconds to actually see the colors. Oh, purple to orange to white to red. Purple to orange. That's the, that's why that's where I'm confused. Is that why would it go? Purple, which I would assume would be the hottest. I don't, don't, you know, am I, I could be wrong, but orange and then white seems strange to me. Yeah, that's that speaks less to heat, more like uh, specific things being burned off at that time rather than yeah. actual heat. So let's get into some of these uh, personal encounters um, that eyewitnesses have described as uh, ball lightning having behavior. Oh, before I wanted to get to that, I wanted to talk about um, a lot of pe a lot of people uh, debunk UFO sightings, saying that it is actually just just ball lightning. Yeah, I've heard that before. That's a too. hell of a way to debunk it, though. Like, oh, it's not this un this one unexplained thing. It's this other unexplained thing. Yeah, but thing. Uh, but I mean, ball lightning is is a real thing. It's yeah. It's a it's a more scientists are. E it's easier for them to get on board with ball lightning. Yeah. But how do we know ball lightning isn't just some sort of uh, plasma-based creature from outer space that is visiting us? You know. Yeah, or That's briefly a good interpretation. traveling through our dimension. Well, I know I, I know um, Stephen Hawking and other uh, scientists have theorized that uh, not all life in our galaxy would necessarily be a carbon-based life form. Well, yeah, why it's would totally, it? Yeah. It's totally, uh, totally likely that there could be plasma-based life forms or... Silicon-based uh, silicon life based forms. Life forms. Well, I think it was just recently that scientists' minds were blown when they looked at the bottom of the... Uh, what was the something trench? The, was it Mariana Trench or... What's the name the of it? Challenger Deep. No, there's that one. There's something trench. The Marianas Trench. Yeah, Marianas Trench. There's a couple of really deep trenches. Yeah, and uh, they found creatures that lived off of. Uh, 
Not asbestos. Oh, uh, methane? No. No, it was um, arsenic. Arsenic, yes. Yeah. And it's like that blew their mind because that's deadly to basically everything else on the face of the earth. So if that could happen, you know, who could say that there aren't plasma creatures or anything else floating yeah, why out not? there? Yeah, why not? Yeah, so, uh, why, why does our nervous system have to be the only one that works? Yeah. Now, looking around today, I found I, I, I did find some articles uh, that were way too sciencey for us. <laughs> talking, yeah, just talking about creatures that could. Um, there, there was um, scientists that were looking at uh, different plasma. It was like plasma and dust formations. Okay. So it was very similar to uh, what scientists think that the ball lightning is, and they were saying that these um, these like plasma and dust things do have some modicum of intelligence so almost like going back to the beginning of the episode that like plants have some sort of intelligence that yeah. we don't fully understand yet so they're saying that these plasma things could be pla- like not necessarily intelligent plasma so beings the, but basically the idea was it panpsychism where just like everything has a little bit of a hint of uh, it, just, it may just move at different speeds like plant intelligence is actually very very slow or it's just so foreign to us that it maybe it is fast moving but it's like we just don't understand it yeah it just operates on a completely different level than so here's some cool first-hand accounts um these include many strange reports including uh these in january 1984 ball lightning measuring about four inches in diameter entered a russian passenger aircraft and according to russian news release flew above the heads of the stunned passengers i remember hearing about this in the tail section of the airliner it divided into two glowing crescents which then joined together again and left the plane almost noiselessly the ball lightning left two holes in the plane so that sounds what? like so it burned its way in, split apart, split apart, and burned then its way burned out, burned its way out. No, it split apart and then joined back together and then left. That's that's, that's a weird one. Very odd. Yeah. yeah, like that's 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 highly. It strange. didn't touch anybody though. It burned through the plane, but it didn't touch. Just it didn't hurt anybody. Burns into the plane. Hey, how's it going? This is my friend that came with me. Gets back <laughs> together. All right, bye. It was probably just inspecting the plane because it didn't know what it was. I mean, it was 1984. Yeah, maybe this is the first time that it ever saw a 747. Could be. Yeah. It, this um, could be intelligent ball Here's lightning. another one on an airline. A ball of sparks about the size of a basketball entered a commercial aircraft, apparently through an engine in- air intake. It moved into the fuselage and then proceeded to chase a flight attendant up and down the aisle. She was screaming as she tried to outrun the ball lightning. It dissipated quickly before striking her. <laughs> just dick ball lightning. <laughs> just like, just an <laughs> asshole ball lightning. I wonder what I wonder what happened to her after that. Like She just... She, she had a shitty she day. She immediately fucking quit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, fuck this. Yeah. I'm not getting... I would not get back in a plane if I saw a, a glowing orb chasing me. <sighs> Or maybe you would. Maybe you would be like, well, I guess I got to figure out what the fuck this is. I'll try to catch it with a butterfly net. <laughs> <laughs> or an iPad. How great would it be if that actually worked? Uh, Glenn R. Frazier uh, relates an incident at his grandfather's cottage in upstate Pennsylvania. I was sitting on a screen porch. I remember a brilliant flash of light of lightning and a large clap of thunder. Seconds later, my mother screamed. My grandfather and I turned to look in through the window and saw what looked like a ball of electricity coming down the hallway from the back door. It was about the size of a basketball and had an off-yellow kind of haze. It sounded like a large... It sounded like a large stream of water coming through a faucet. When it got into the kitchen area, it flickered and flashed a little brighter and then was gone. 
just so it was like hissing and crackling, basically. Yeah, it sounded like water, like the hissing of, of it was probably a faucet. Va- I wonder if they're if like the, at least the non-intelligent ones are just a specific element in the air vaporizing, and that's why, like... Well, that's what sometimes scientists think, is that it's just that the lightning causes this the, the microwave effect that I was yeah. talking about. Um, but it, that still doesn't explain it acting erratically and chasing hostesses and splitting apart. Just hanging out inside of a house, like going down a hallway. Drinking yeah. a beer like or why would a like Why would a natural phenomenon travel down like a, a human egress, you know? Yeah, that, that doesn't like a make hallway. any sense. Um, the only thing that kind of comes to mind, and it seems a little out there, but the scientists who have studied it have seen that the particles inside these balls are traveling faster than the speed of light. No, not so, faster. Close to the close speed of light. Close or somewhere around the speed of light. But like, No scientists are going to admit that anything travels faster than the speed of I light. I suppose not. But Not until something does. So <laughs> my crazy out there theory, which probably has no basis in reality, but like when you're talking speed of light and all that shit, what if it's some sort of like time travel situation? It's like being plasma beings from the future, time traveling. Oh, like, maybe like passing through our time in that yeah. second. Yeah, like I know that's super fucking out there, but that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. No, I can see it. I can see where it's sort of like it's like that when when H.G. Wells jumped into his time machine. That was a real story, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that when, when when he just moved through time, you see him in the chair, and he can see everything moving around him. But maybe everybody else just saw ball lighting. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe something like maybe, that. Maybe Possibly. that. Maybe. Um, Bill Melfi was on vacation on a small farm in Tennessee when he had this experience. Who goes on vacation to a farm? Uh, I saw two balls of light, one about three feet and the other about four feet in diameter. They were glowing with a blue-green light that was about as bright as a 50-watt bulb and translucent as a balloon. They moved side by side, the larger one leading. The movement was quick and somewhat zigzag. I chased after it with a stick in hand, but they were faster than me. They didn't break up, just disappeared into the woods. What the fuck are you going to do with a stick? Poke, poke it, it? I guess. yeah. I guess. I mean, it really. I guess he's just curious. He wants to poke it with a stick. See you what know happens. What? I applaud this guy. I applaud this motherfucker because most people, like the hostess, would just run. As stupid as it is to grab a stick to poke it, at least he had the balls to pursue the fucking thing. It's. I mean, it's no dumber than running away from it. Yeah, it's about the same. I, I appreciate the gusto, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I like that he chased after it. I wish he had put a phone in his hand instead of a fucking stick so that we could see it. <laughs> this next incident occurred in Bavaria in 1921. A nine-year-old girl and her uncle were in the first floor of a building during a severe morning thunderstorm. Um, ball lightning appeared on the left side of the windowsill. The ball fell to the floor where it jumped up and down once or twice, then started to roll slowly towards the observers across the wooden floor, leaving no marks. What? It was translucent, and the rapidly changing colors showed spots of light green, crimson, light blue, pale yellow. It then rolled toward the tile stove, crept up the iron parts, leaving a deep groove about the width and depth of a thumb. Then it exploded in an air vent. What That's way different than all fuck? the other ball lightning I mean, we've that been looking is, at. That is so different... 
see that. So what we yeah, it rolled. Okay, so it rolled across the floor without leaving any marks. But when it jumped on the stove, it did leave a groove in the thing. Which is like well, wood floor, iron, iron stove. But I mean, if it was hot enough to melt the iron stove, it should have burned the wood floor. Maybe it. Maybe it's not burning anything. Maybe it was just sucking in minerals. Maybe there's no, there's no minerals in the wood. There's minerals in the in well, the iron there's, stove. There's minerals in the wood. I mean, lesser. Yeah, yeah, le- trace minerals. I mean, yeah, but not as much as in an iron stove. Been, yeah, it might have yeah. been scooping it up for fuel of some kind. Maybe. I mean, how fucking odd is? I mean, to me, I feel like this. But then it exploded in the air vent. Yeah, I feel like this situation is removed from the others. Like this is more it's of so maybe. Different. It's but it was during it was during a morning thunderstorm though. Well, shit. I don't know. So it does meet that category. It does. Uh, that's a weird one. I don't know if I would consider it a U. I don't know what I would consider this one. Oh, if I were to remove it from the ball lightning category, my thought would be more ghostly type shit. But the lightning kind of makes you think otherwise. I don't think UFO with this. But one. it's such a strange interaction. Like it rolled and defied gravity, and then rolled into an air vent. It didn't. But it changed. It changed all the different colors, yeah, like the other ones did. And yeah. Stuff. That's really, yeah. very odd. Yeah, um, this next one's from a Coast Guard officer. He reported this in 1977. Uh, the ball lightning phenomenon was very large and estimated to be about the size of a bus. Shit. It was a brilliant yellow-green transparent ball with a fuzzy outline. Intense light was emitted for about three seconds before flickering out. Severe static was heard on the radio. The object slowly rotated around a horizontal axis and seemed to bounce off projections on the ground. He didn't even say where it was or he was. No. Huh. That's so that one odd. that one um, could have been a UFO. Yeah, that feels like a UFO. Or maybe all of these things are just UFOs. Maybe the little ghost orb that we saw in the baby monitor is just teeny tiny ball lightning. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> could be. That's a difficult thing with all of these strange phenomenon is that it could be all one thing, or it could be so many different varying things that it's so hard to, you know, take a situation and go, this is exactly what this is, without, you know, having any real knowledge of what's going yeah. on. Here's another few. Uh, I saw a ball of moving light along the ground across the street from my house, says an observer in Canton, Ohio. It seemed to be about 10 inches in diameter. I saw the light move through the window of a church building. The light moved in and out. It seemed curious and not something frightful. I continued to watch the light explore the building and move into a tree without any sign of damage. Do you think it could be some sort of remote viewing, like uh, uh, an artifact of remote viewing? Maybe, but I don't know. The CIA did that so much. (sighs) They kind of give you away, right? Maybe, but... When the CIA was doing all their stuff on remote viewing, a lot of the places and the people and things that they were trying to get these remote viewers to work on were kind of, um, what's the word for it? They, they were uh, covert situations. Like yeah. they, they wanted to remote view uh, the Russians and that sort of thing. If the Russians noticed an orb in their most secretive areas, they're not going to go, hey, everybody, we saw a weird orb in our underground in our place. Prison. Yeah, they just they wouldn't say a fucking thing about it. Yeah, That's maybe. such an odd connection. I mean, 
it's kind of out of left field, but I love the idea of remote viewing in general. So if you can tie anything to well, remote I, viewing. I just thought of that because the way he talked about it, kind of exploring the church and just moving through solid matter and shit like that. Yeah, maybe maybe some weird artifact that from is maybe, fascinating. Uh, maybe future humans viewing the past, possibly. Yeah, or just any kind of remote viewing. Or a- what about astral projection? Which mi- which might kind of explain the uh, ghostly kind of vibe of it, like the bright light sort of thing. The only one I can think of that might not be is where it actually affected the physical world. That is, yeah. Yeah. Here's another one. During a light thunderstorm in 1991, uh, Joanna Boss of Nashville, Tennessee, saw a ball of plasma about three inches in diameter entering through her window den or her den window. Uh, the ball passed through the window, leaving no marks on the plastic screen or the window glass. The ball was orange and blue and made a frying sound as it moved across the room. Through the door into the living room, where it exited through the front storm door, back outside, leaving no marks on the glass. That Going back to the remote viewing thing, that it, this they see these during thunderstorms for the most part. It could be the... Static electricity in the air interacting with the psychic projection of the remote viewer, like it. It sounds. Yeah, like maybe that's just that's just what happens when you do stuff like that while. Possibly. And then the static electricity is attached I'm, to it. But if you look at a lot of the files of the remote viewers, if that were a thing, right? If every time someone remote viewed, there was kinetic activity, like lightning storms, they would mention it in their in their remote viewing they would go I was in a room there was a lightning storm outside because a lot of times they tried to give the Yeah, most but maybe detailed. that only happened one out of a 100 times. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's there's so many maybes with this it's so hard yeah. to pin down. Assuming it's all one thing, that sounds like the most feasible reason to me. That's interesting. Here's here's another couple. Kim Lavique of Ann Armour, Michigan, tells this incredible story. I first saw the ball lightning when it came out of the front of the stereo. There was an explosion, smoke and debris, and a large orange ball. It went into the front of the television set and exited through the wall behind the TV with the explosion. Cupboard doors flew open and were torn from the hinges. Glass jars broke. The refrigerator door blew open and eggs cracked inside. That could have just so been that's a some, fireball of some sort. <laughs> some weird f- demon fireball. Yeah, that's like a fireball poltergeist sort of situation to me. That doesn't seem the same as the others. Yeah. In uh, 1936, a reader uh, related this story to the editor of the London Daily Mail. During a thunderstorm, I saw a large red-hot ball come down from the sky. It struck our house, cut the telephone wire, burnt the window frame, and then buried itself in a tub of water which was underneath. The water boiled for some minutes afterwards, but when it was cool enough for me to search, I could find nothing in it. And that doesn't seem like ball lightning at all. That seems like maybe like a t- the tiniest piece of, a- of an asteroid or something <laughs> maybe like an that. Asteroid. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe something be. falling from an airplane. Like well, this is 1936. There wasn't that many. Okay, so around. maybe asteroid. I would say that. That yeah, that could have been something like that, or just bad bad luck on her part. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> like right. the shittiest luck ever. Before we move on, I want to show you guys a quick video. This is like the best uh, example video example of ball lighting that I could actually find. So let's uh, go ahead and take a look at this. Can you see it, Lauren? I cannot. I can hear it though. Let me uh, try this again. So this is from June 2010. Yeah, this is from 2010, so this is actually pretty recent. 
That's cool. So hopefully it's decent. Alright. Looks like it's loading. There it is. Yeah, so... Holy shit! I mean, that kind of looks like a... Oh, we like can't see it over here. Oh, you can't? No. Well, go ahead and describe it real quick. It, I'll show it to Alright, so the way that it shines, it's bright, it's orangey-red, it shines like a road flare. But it looks like a hovering road flare. Yeah, possibly. it looks like, like it flickers like a yeah, road flare. Yeah, it flickers and it's the color of a road flare, but it's going up. Instead of staying in one place, this thing is flying up, and at moments it actually turns from a ball to a disc for very slightly for a couple seconds. And it's quite big. I mean, they're shooting this from a very large distance and it looks like the moon in the sky. Yeah, it look yeah, it looks like it could be a full moon. It it, it does. It looks like a moving full moon, orangey uh like a I mean it moves so erratically that it's definitely not a plane. It's it's definitely not a road not go up. That's the thunder from the thunderstorm. We'll get to see Michael looking at the uh, yeah. ball lightning. See, I didn't hear the thunder, but that definitely verifies that it's ball lightning. I think the I think when you're saying it's it's, it's it goes to a disc, I think that's just an artifact of moving the camera. It's possible. Yeah, that's what it seems like. That's just yeah, that's just the frame rate of the camera is very good. It's making it look like a disc. But and I don't know why when you shoot a UFO, don't zoom in that close on it because it gives it no perspective. You know? That's yeah. true. Yeah, see, now we zoomed excited. all the way back there for a second, and it looks much farther away. Yeah. So this is the best example I can find. It's a really good example. We'll definitely have to put that. In and it's show. coming. It looks like it's coming from the thunderstorm. But it's up in the air. It's not on the ground. Yeah, it, it yeah, no, it's it very move, big. Does like, it move like a plane? Does it move like a helicopter? It doesn't. It, it could be. Yeah, you can see it over the city. Like, it could be a Chinese lantern. No, I've it's too seen, bright. It's, it's too, too big bright. because someone actually let off one of those Chinese lanterns in our neighborhood about a month ago, and I watched it go up, and it never at any point even when it was the closest to us it was not that big also if it was a chinese lantern burning that much it would be falling instead of rising well no yeah. well yeah it would be falling but even if it was continuing to rise it would rise up at a very um obvious angle yeah they also move much slower than that this thing was just all over the place like that was a compelling video for ball yeah lighting. that's a, yeah i mean it doesn't it's not as creepy as as it being in someone's house, but at least that's a good visual that we can actually take with us. So, uh, yeah, that'll be in the show notes right now. Mike, you actually have a new segment for us, right? Uh, yes, I do. It's uh, Illuminati News Network. Illuminati News Network. Illuminati News Network. So, so Mike is going to be reporting on uh, the Illuminati. Shout out to Illuminati. If you want to make me famous, I will support you. I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. This one is entitled The Anatomy of an Illuminati Political Conspiracy. All right, so this is going to show, uh, show us like how they manipulate uh, our fake governments to uh, prop up their all-powerful world government? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. John, if you want to break out the whiteboard and the, uh, <laughs> the magic marker. Ooh, markers. So yeah. We can, we can, That's my favorite thing about Do we can get string? No, I, I've done this before. And you'll, yarn and tax. <laughs> you'll notice once you have the whole thing written up, 
It is in the shape of uh, Alistair Crowley's face. Oh, oh, that's very handsome. Alistair Crowley's dick. Yeah. <laughs> Looks the same as his face. Very mutilated. This is an article <laughs> from uh, Law Street Media. Uh, when you're making a crossword puzzle, it's very easy to create a difficult puzzle with next to impossible clues. As we all know, because those things are fucking impossible. No one can do them. Fuck crosswords. It's also incredibly difficult to make a crossword puzzle that is easy to solve, fitting only common words into the grid. Conspiracy theories work pretty much the same way. With a lot of careful effort, you can create a theory that just sounds that just might be easy to swallow. It sounds totally crazy, but maybe, just maybe, there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll. It would be completely <laughs> bananas. But it's possible that the NBA rigged the championship because of a blood oath with LeBron James. The well, that has to be true because yeah. they were so far behind; it had to have been rigged, right? Oh yeah. no, it was it was uh, blood magic for sure. Everybody is so pissed off. They're like, "How did they? How did they beat them?" I would love to think of LeBron James as a blood magic magician. I <laughs> really. I'm going to take that with me for what this. What year do you think they started letting black people into the Illuminati? Because I feel like it was only white people for a good amount of time. White men, I think it was sure. a lot longer than you think. Yeah, probably. I think George Washington Carver was probably in it. How oh, okay. else would he know about the peanuts? Yeah. Little known fact, the Illuminati worship peanuts. A peanut god. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's like a terrifying god. <laughs> Mr. Like a fifty foot tall Mr. Peanut. That guy looks like he's in the Illuminati. He he's is got a top head and a monocle. He, he, well, he's their figurehead. Okay, step one: pick an event that you didn't like. Feel free to choose something like a famous atrocity or something like alleged voting discrepancies from North Dakota's Democratic Caucus. Okay. Ex- explain that the explanation the general public has been fed is not only untrue but supported by false flag evidence planted by the Koch brothers or Oprah. Who well, are they the Koch can- brothers? They canceled the, the Koch brothers. The Koch brothers, sorry, oh. yes. Uh-huh. They uh, they control most of the world. They're the two richest brothers. Them and uh, Timothy you, Leary. You remember the brothers from Trading Places? Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Essentially, those are the Koch brothers. Are. It's yeah. easy for me to believe that Koch runs the world. I mean, I do spend no, most of my C-O-C-H. time in St. Pete. Oh, K-O-C-H. Oh. K-O-C-H, sorry. Well, well, I mean, cocaine does run the world, but who do you think controls the cartels? There's three cartels. Only three? Well, yeah, three big cartels, and guess what that forms? Th- a pyramid. And what's in the middle of a pyramid? An eye. Son the of a Illuminati. bitch. God damn Boom. it. Yeah, okay, wow, anyway, that was fast. Step two, diagnose the real cause. Clearly, the BP oil spill and Vince Foster's death were both decided in a, bo- in a boardroom by old men in suits. There's an underlying reason for every random senseless event, and it's usually a stepping stone to the ultimate plan. What is the ultimate plan? We well, don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, are you an Illuminati? I don't know. Oh, I thought you that, had an answer. You might as well ask what God's ultimate plan is. Yeah. It's probably more simple than the Illuminati. <laughs> Step three. Tie it back to an easily vilified celebrity figure. Either go for the typical Kenyan Muslim president route, or think of something more interesting. If you need inspiration, uh, he gives a link to a site. I I know the source from two years ago that says Clinton is a six-level Illuminati witch and sadistic monarch slave handler. Oh, my God. Nice. This is Hillary what Clinton, not fuck? Bill Clinton, by the way. Well, I'm pretty sure there's already like a Trump campaign ad saying that. So uh, like oh, true. yeah, yeah, that must yeah, be like true. Rick Scott got so many votes because he's a necromancer. He is definitely a necromancer. I mean, I think that uh, what is it? Voldemort was made after the image of Rick Scott, right? 
Uh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. No, it was totally. It was totally that way around, and not the other way. <laughs> so okay, so so let's uh, let's do one real quick. Uh, yeah. Okay, go All ahead. Right, what what event did you not like? We have to start uh, the there. The fireworks on Clearwater Beach are canceled. Oh, there you go. Because oh, yeah. of birds. Because of birds? Well, that's what they claim. What a Yeah, but shit. were they birds Excuse. or were they really drones? Drones. <gasps> no, the Illuminati wants to look into your house with their drones on 4th of July to make sure you're being patriotic. To make sure we're being patriotic and by consuming products. Yeah. yeah, like consuming Pepsi and Budweiser. Yeah. Budweiser, somehow... Budweiser manages to be the biggest beer in the U.S. while simultaneously not selling that well. So how yeah. does that work? Illuminati. Illuminati. Yeah. Uh, right, I'm getting the hang of this. All right, fun this fact, is actually pretty fun. Barack Obama is not a member of the Illuminati. He is something much, much worse. However, they don't describe exactly what he is. This is a very informative article. Yeah, what the? What's the <laughs> point of saying that? He's something much, much worse. Dun, dun, dun. All right, uh, what is it? I don't Kenyan. fucking know. Kenyan. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was not murdered by John Wilkes Booth. Lincoln was placed in the office of presidency as a pawn. The Illuminati knew that if he was elected, then the South would secede. The Civil War made the North very, very rich. That was the only reason the Civil War was allowed to happen. If the Illuminati had not seen the opportunity to become rich off the war, then slavery would still be an American institution. Lincoln was placed in office just to start the war. He made a deal once the war was over that he would be removed from office. This was taken care of through a fake assassination, and he spent the rest of his days in a bunker in Mexico. Sounds like a plot to an Assassin's Creed game. That doesn't sound like... Like, that's not a, like... Yeah, okay. if he's an Illuminati pawn, just leave him as president. Yeah, well, first of all, just leave him as president. Second of all, oh, okay, well, you don't have to be president anymore. It's cool. But you gotta hide in this bunker in Mexico for the rest of your oh. life. Oh, well, well, they had to sh- make him th- everyone think that he was assassinated. That's a shit deal. So that we could reintegrate the South. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a shit It's like, um, okay, we got one. Slaves are freed. Okay, you guys get one. Abraham Lincoln's dead. <laughs> I forgot there's another reason that of, uh, there might be another cause of ball lightning, which is the H-A-A-R-P machine. What is that? What did you say? Is this, is this an Illuminati? H-A-A-R-P. Uh, Does this have anything to do with the American Association for Retired Persons? No, retarded people. Oh. oh Jesus. Uh, I, don't, I can't find what the letters actually mean, but the heart... <laughs> The heart machine is capable has the capability of creating any natural disaster that the Illuminati wish to create. Hurricane Katrina was a product of the heart machine. The hurricane was used as a diversion. While the area was in chaos and attention was diverted everywhere, engineers were sent down to prepare for the Gulf oil spill. I can assure you that the Illuminati is capable of Well, they had to have that because they had to have the Katrina and then the oil spill so that they could secretly put all the gold back into Fort Knox. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, actually, the oil I'm spill I'm good at this. Yeah, the wow. oil spill was used as an agent to implant microbodies into the brains of children in the area. Well, what? that too. These children that have been affected are now subject to government control whenever these microbodies are activated. They also used the opportunity that Katrina presented to build a bunker that is directly beneath the French Quarter. Why else do you think that FEMA was slow to provide adequate Isn't assistance? it just water under the French Quarter? Yeah, I don't think Not there's anymore. room for anything under the French Quarter. Don't they bury the bodies above ground? Yeah, yeah they have to yeah. because of the water, yeah. What the fuck website are you uh, on? Another thing housed in these Illuminati... This is his own web... This is his personal blog. <laughs> Illuminati bunkers are drugs. There are massive amounts of cocaine, marijuana, heroin, and all kinds of other drugs being stored. 
the drug trade and war on drugs. Well, are when are they going to put all that shit into the water supply, man? So I don't yeah, have to buy it anymore. Yeah, please put some fucking marijuana in my water supply. Uh, yeah. Oh, one of the major con- contributors and benefactors to the drug trade is Warren Buffett. Duh. <laughs> of course. Obviously. Well, I think I'm going to have to stop you there, Mike. <laughs> I can. I can go on. Do you, yeah, I know do you, you at least have like a source? Can you tell us what fucking source you're looking at right now? Well, no. It's, it, well, I mean, I, if they if they said what the source was, then the Illuminati would just kill them. Well, no, like yeah. the name of the website. Like, what are you? We don't want to tip off the Illuminati. We're, we're you know we're playing with fire enough here. But we're play, the uh, we're playing with ball lightning. Real. All right, you know what? You know what? Well, it's fine. We're fine. Yeah. Whatever. The moon landing was actually real, though. Well, well, that's thank good. God. <laughs> but it was seven years before they actually said it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what, though? That's actually one that I can get behind. That they actually did it a little bit earlier and Oh, shit. They it. found a way to shut off the sun. Oh, don't. All right, all right. My brain's brain's rotting. My brain is rotting. We're going to do one more segment, and that's one of our favorite segments, and it's called You Believe in What? (laughs) What? What? I'm going to have to get some music for that, but this is a. I I do actually have music for this one, but um, this is um, actually on the uh, Sambian tribal sexual ritual. Yes. Is this on Pornhub? All right, I'm going to take some notes for this one. All right, so uh, the Sambia of pa- uh, Papua New Guinea, it's a tribe in Papua New Guinea, located in the Crate Mountains, uh, constrained by the Laramie River, the Alluvian Papuan Lowlands, and the adjacent, adjacent river valleys of the Eastern Highland Province, Makawawa District. They are believed to have, uh, yeah, who cares? Uh, so, <laughs> now these guys, okay, so the purpose of the initiation ritual, this is a male initiation ritual. Of course it is. It's to transform boys into masculine warriors. Uh-huh. This process is also known as masculization. This is when men are considered to be reborn, or this, yeah, this is when men are considered to be reborn from men and are taught many important things, such as that women are dangerous. And emasculating. Uh-huh. Of course we are. The initiation is broken down into six stages with the first three stages held in succession. Okay. The initiation process for the young Sambian males happens as young as seven to ten years old. The males are taken away from their mothers and female community as a whole. Good. The males are <laughs> taken to the special men's clubhouse cult where during the day... Their, uh, their stay, uh, during their stay, they hold a homosexual status. Wait, oh, wait what? Uh, what? After having to be subjugated to heavy nose bleeding due to sticks rammed in the male's nostrils, they are required to ingest semen. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they're draining the blood from their head and replacing it with cum. Got it. Yeah. The males are required what? to perform oral sex with all of the elder males, which sometimes can happen as much as 20 to 30 times per day. Yeah. <laughs> they got to they gotta fill that shit up. Yeah. Do you know how many cum shots it takes to fill a brain? <laughs> it's a lot. Here's a, I got some I got some since uh, you know this since this process takes boys and turns them into men I thought that the music I would play would be perfect if it came from boys to men that yeah. feels appropriate yeah so I'm just gonna throw that on for the mood <laughs> all right uh, the elders testify that the younger males will be unable to mature into men unless they ingest semen. And that all the men have eaten the penis. As stated before, semen is seen as the source of strength for the males to become powerful warriors. Yep. 
After the formal ceremonies conclude, the elders would perform other homosexual advances on the young males. In the second initiation stage, even more ingestion of semen. The cum-drenched tribe. In the third stage of initiation, the males become bachelors and are now the inseminator instead of the inseminated. Finally! Also during this stage, the males are beaten severely in order to purify their bodies from any female contamination that may have occurred when they left the rituals. The next step in the initiation is to catch an enemy tribe's female and kill an enemy tribe's warrior. Holy shit. The young bachelor must ingest the enemy's semen. <laughs> they have to drink their enemy's semen, too. <laughs> They're getting all the semen up in the camp. <laughs> because it is seen to strengthen the warrior and slow the dying process. At the end of the third initiation, the young males are taken to a pandas tree within the forest. Here they are told to remove a piece of pubic hair. They then place the hairs collected into a tree trunk. The males are told the Jews harp story and its significance. What? Uh, yeah, I don't, know what the, I don't know what that is. I'm not even going to go into it. It's too weird. <laughs> during the teaching of this lesson, they are told not to be promiscuous during their heterosexual relationships when they are done with the ritual. The consequence of disobeying is death. During the fourth step in the initiation process, the males are married. This is also the point where the males cease homosexual activities. His father or older brothers usually uh, picks the bride. These females are around the age of 12 or 13. Even though married, uh, the soon-to-be man still resides in the cult house until shortly before or after her menarch, which is her first menstrual period. During this initiation step, the men are also taught the importance of protecting themselves from female genital odor. When having sex with their wives, they are instructed not to penetrate too deeply. They are warned that if they do, they will enter her urethra, which will make them sick. In fact, during this point, the young men are taught that women hold many dangerous aspects to her. Yeah, they're like uh, like uh, praying mantises and shit. So during the fifth step, uh, the females are usually beginning their periods. This means that the young men can now live their live within their hamlets. Once again, the male uh, bleeds his own nose out by himself. He is also taught how to protect himself from the wife's pollution while she is on her menstrual period. To protect themselves from the female genital odor and contamination, every time his wife is on their menstrual period, they must bleed his nose out as he has been taught before until the birth of his first child. He must also place mint leaves in his nostrils and chew particular branches while having sex with their wife. The women are also instructed to ingest semen, just as the males did in the initiation process. This is because it is believed the semen transforms into breast milk to nourish offspring. Okay, that makes sense. The last stage of the initiation is where the male is considered a full man. When the male and female have offspring, the male is instructed not to engage in sexual intercourse until it is weaned, which could be a matter of years. He does not have to bleed his nose unless he has another wife to attend to. He is also told not to expose the secrets of the male cult. The consequence of not obeying his death. Well, well somebody, somebody. Us, yeah. Yeah, someone exposed that shit. <laughs> They're probably okay, dead now. So... Oh, wait, there's more. Yeah, throughout this entire initiation, it is also suggested that the young males get to use the homosexuality and seek out their favorite elder by openly fondling their genital area. Gilbert Hurt describes the ceremony of ritualized homosexuality as penis and the flute. Yeah, the penis ceremony and the flute where ceremony. the bamboo flutes are played in a symbolic representation of the mechanics of the fellatio performed. It is. It is known that many young males are not able to survive the rigorous initiation process. The ones that do are considered great warriors and continue the tradition to the next generation. 
Well, I, I shit. If you don't know. like sucking dick, you're not a great warrior. No wonder Americans are so weak. I don't even. Yeah, that's true. There's not well, a you place You probably to shouldn't start. be talking at this point. There's not a place to start with this. Like. You're polluting this room. I suppose. Who I mean, came up I with have this? so much odor right now. You have no I, idea. Yeah, like, some of the stuff I can see where it might have come from in the way, way back. Like It came from a guy who wanted a little kid to suck his dick. That's, yeah, that's where, where it came from. It had to start with that. He's like, yeah, no, this is like the way you get strong, buddy. Just come on over here. There, there are some things that make biological sense in a really weird way. I get, like, I get the idea that ingesting semen transforms into breast milk. I could see where you could get that idea from. I don't see that one, but I, I, <laughs> I kind of get how you get that. But the one that I do get is the idea that they're not allowed to have sex until the baby is weaned. That's a long time. It's a little bit too much, but there is a period of time, especially if you're like living in huts and shit. Well, if they have multiple wives, it's actually not that bad. No, it's not that bad, but I'm saying you might not want to have sex with a wife who just gave birth because there are some health defects that can happen, you know, in that short well, yeah, period but, of I mean, time. They don't even want to have sex. They're taught from an early age that, like, it's fucking women evil. is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. They have to chew branches and put mint in their noses because they don't their smell the vagina. I, I just... I don't know how you can smell anything if you stick bamboo shoots up your nose several times. I do kind of love the idea that they have to force a nosebleed every time their wife gets a period. That's kind of fun for me. <laughs> you like that idea? Like, I do kind of like that. I mean, suffer together. Yeah, like, all right, you know what? I'm in a lot of pain right now. Go put some fucking bamboo shoots up your There's nose. There's even a asshole. picture of this of one dude bleed nose bleeding his. Yeah, son. I see it. I definitely. And the idea of picking your favorite elder—that's so adorable. And then you tell him you like him by rubbing his genitals. Yeah, well, it's okay, buddy. Is it, can you can you guys think of something more subtle, maybe? I think <laughs> yeah. that they. Like, <laughs> They need like, to everybody come. knows that one. Yeah. I think they should make a rom-com. It's like... About the Sambians? Yeah, just like, favorite elder heart. Like, just <laughs> like... <laughs> Me and my elder. Me and my elder. Like, oh, that would be so much fun. That should, be, that should be an anime, you for sure. You know what? Sure. I'm pretty sure this just started off as a college frat, and then they moved over to Papua New Guinea. Yeah. <laughs> They're the Delta House from <laughs> New York University. <laughs> All right, well, that's our show. That's all we got. Yay! Thank you guys so much for listening. This yeah, is our second episode. We'll get another one out to you as soon as we can. Um, we do have a Facebook page now, so you can go to Facebook and search for Mysteriousnesses. And uh, please like us on that. Uh, we might get a Twitter here pretty soon, but probably not. Uh, so follow uh, Something Planet on Twitter. It's at Something Planet. Uh, and you can follow Lauren on Instagram. Uh, yeah, as uh, I guess if you just search Lauren Lance, you'll probably find me or Hitilith. Just Lilith backwards and then frontwards. It's ridiculous. You'll probably never find me, but you can try. <laughs> wow. All right, so that's it for the show. Uh, this is episode two. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we are out. Remember, don't trust the Jews. Oh, don't trust the Jews.